0: Welcome to All Things D and D's Story Dungeon, where we share amazing Dungeons & Dragons stories with you every 2 days. Now heading inside the dungeon, we have... How Death Gave Andrew The Most Unexpected and Ironic Conclusion Ever, Episode 3. This is the conclusion of death in a d20. Make sure you listen to part 1 and part 2 first. Links in the description below. A brief recap now. Death comes for Andrew's soul, but Andrew makes a deal with him to play D&D instead. Death has a blast doling out D20s here and D20s there, and Andrew's friends are badasses too. Here is the conclusion of their tale. Matt opened the door to the kitchen. He was still wearing his work uniform, which was unbuttoned, revealing his lucky Choose Your Weapon Dice t-shirt. Dante sat at the table, plucking away at his harp, as Andrew went over his notes. Wow, you're actually pretty good at that, Matt said. I have had thousands of years to practice," Dante replied without looking up from the strings. I thought he was playing a human bard, Matt asked as he looked over Andrew's shoulder at the notes. Hey, no spoilers, Andrew said, sliding his notes into a blue folder. Angela isn't here yet? I guess she's running late. I haven't gotten a text from her so hopefully she gets here soon. Angela busted through the door, as if their conversation had summoned her. Sorry I'm late guys, it's really hard to drive in this damn dress." (sighs) True to her word, Angela had gone full Tiana. She was draped in a purple gown with puffy shoulders. It was decorated with silver sequins that looked like shimmering stars in an ocean of plum. As captivating as the dress was, the swooping neckline was even more so for Matt. He felt a lump in his throat as he looked at her. What? Why are you all just staring at me? She asked, planting her hands on her hips. Uh, it's nothing, just uh, that that's just a lot of charisma showing," Matt said sheepishly. It's the only size the dress came in, she shrugged, tossing her cape over the back of her chair and sliding into her seat. Dante began to pluck a romantic melody. A song would never do your beauty justice, Dante said with a smile. Andrew clamped his hand down on the harp. That's enough of that. He cleared his throat and continued. Where were we? I had just bested Garog in single combat and reclaimed my family's honor. Matt shouted, slamming his fist on the table. That's right, goblins scatter in every direction, fleeing back toward the holes they crawled out of. With their king dead, there was no one strong enough willed to keep the goblin army together. You remember that you should return to the capital city Kness for your reward. I've heard that the Kness women are some of the most beautiful in all the land, Matt said with a salacious grin. Angela rolled her eyes and tugged her dress up a little higher. Dante shook his head. Nobody likes that guy. It was a joke. A bad one," Angela said with a sniff. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, you return to the city of Kness, to the adulation and cheers of the people. Celebrate with a drink? Matt asked the group. I could drink, Angela said, cracking open a beer and taking a long drink. You walk down the main thoroughfare. Men, women, and children are showering you in brightly colored flower petals. A group of men carrying a large white palanquin split the gathered crowd. A silver crystal containing a woman is painted on the side of the palanquin. It identifies the High Priestess of Kness. The men come to a stop and lower the palanquin to the cobblestone street. Everyone on the street falls to their knees. The High Priestess left her palace for us? Angela asks no one in particular. I fall to my knees in respect to the High Priestess. Matt and Dante share a look of confusion. And I pull these two idiots down with me. The door to the palanquin opened wide and a young woman stepped out. She was draped in shimmering white cloth that shone in the sunlight. She pulled a small white wooden step out of the palanquin and placed it on the ground, then fell to her knees. A girl no older than fourteen stepped out of the palanquin. She was wearing a similar wrap dress, but with tiny crystals sewn into the fabric. That little girl is the High Priestess? Matt asked. Some of the most powerful beings come in various shapes and sizes, Dante said. Rise, heroes! Her voice was impossibly loud. It echoed off the white stone buildings flanking the street. You have done a service we can never thank you for properly. We are in your debt, and that's why what I am about to ask you is even more difficult for me. But we require your aid once more, and this time the stakes are infinitely higher." Her words echoed above the heads of the kneeling masses. Please, follow me to the palace. We need to discuss this in private. She turned and climbed gracefully back into the palanquin. The young woman picked up the step and followed her inside. The men picked up the long white rods and lifted. They turned and began marching back toward the palace. Angela shrugged and started to follow. Do you really think this is a good idea? It sounds a little awful. We already saved the day. Let's get our reward and get out of here, Matt suggested. You would abandon them in their greatest time of need? Angela asked. No, just ah, oh, damn it. The crowd stands aside, allowing you to pass with ease and follow the palanquin. They're no longer cheering. The words of the High Priestess had crushed the mood of the entire city. They walked underneath the towering white stone archway that serves as the entrance to the palace. The High Priestess stood on the steps of the palace waiting for them. Please follow me, heroes! She led them through a pair of wide doors that opened up into a plaza. The floor was a beautiful mosaic, made from precious gemstones and shells. The Priestess sat on the edge of a fountain and ran her hand through the crystal clear water. There's no easy way to ask you this, she said quietly, unable to face them. Your actions have saved my beautiful city, but as a result, it may cause the extinction of every living creature in the world." What do you mean? Dante asked. You hear a muffled voice from inside your bag of holding mat, Andrew said in answer to Dante's question. Huh, I'll uh, open the bag. As you pull the drawstrings open, the unmistakable voice of Gerog booms out of the opening. Andrew paused and slipped into his most guttural voice. Fools! You have condemned yourself and all you love to a horrible, beautiful death! Dante's hand shot into the bag of holding and pulled Gerog's head out by its coarse hair. Before anyone could react, he pushed the head into the water and held it under. Bubbles raced out of Gerog's mouth as he tried to threaten them further. Nobody threatens my friends, Dante said bitterly. Matt and Angela looked at each other and burst into (laughs) laughter. Stunned, Andrew sat there looking over his notes. He took his pen and crossed out the rest of Gerog's warning and explanation. The high priestess backs away from the submerged, thrashing head of Gerog and straightens her dress. We did not know this until it was too late," she began. Gerog was the progeny of a titan. A titan? Angela asked. Yes, creatures so powerful they kill gods for sport. And Gerog was not just the son of any titan. He was the last son of Aranog the Destroyer, and Gerog's death has awoken him. The palace trembled slightly, sending ripples across the surface of the fountains. What was that? He is imprisoned in a realm that is very close to our own. If he awakens and kills the Gatekeeper, he will walk into our world, and nothing can stop him." Then let's kill it, Dante said, still holding Garog's head underwater. If you enter Aranog's prison, regardless of the outcome, you may never return to this world, she said in a whisper. Matt pushed his chair away from the table and let out a long breath. That's a big ask, Andrew. Angela nodded, slowly allowing Andrew's words to sink in. Dante shot a look at Andrew. He simply shrugged and offered a weak smile. (laughs) I guess there really is only one option, Angela said. We save the world. Agreed, Matt said finally, then turned to Dante. You in? I don't know. There's a good possibility that this will be the end of our adventure. I've just begun to grow attached to everyone. It's not the end. There can always be another adventure, Angela said smiling broadly. Dante looked at Andrew, and after a long silent moment he nodded in agreement. It's settled then, let's save the world," Matt said. Tears ran down her cheeks as the priestess rose from the fountain's edge. She closed her eyes and began a quiet chant. A shimmering portal split the air in front of you. You can see a dark cavern on the other side. Let's go, Angela said with grim determination. Tiana stepped through the shimmering portal, her purple gown dragging behind her. The cavern's air was thick, it smelled damp and musty. A large radiant crystal dominated the far side of the cavern. It looked like the silver crystal that was painted on the side of the palanquin. Tiana squinted, focusing on the crystal. In the center was a woman wearing an almost sheer white gown. Her arms spread wide, as if she was holding something back. I take it that's the gatekeeper, Dante said from over Tiana's shoulder. And that must be Aranog, Rhaegar said, facing the opposite direction. They turned and their jaws dropped. Towering above them encased in stone was Aranog. His head nearly scraped the roof of the cavern that was easily fifty feet high. His bestial face was twisted in a permanent roar. Large canines the size of a man jut out from behind his curled lips. It does look like he's up to no good, Rhaegar said, walking forward. The cavern began to shake, sending stones cascading from the ceiling. A large stalactite fell, slamming into pieces against the ground near the group. Cracks spread across Aranog's stony arms. With each quake the cracks grew larger, sending stone shards clattering to the floor. Why do you have to say things? Tiana asked Rhaegar. Well, this would be the perfect time to light something on fire!" Rhaegar bellowed and drew his sword. Dante pulled his daggers from their sheaths and sprinted after Rhaegar. Tiana held her hands, palm up. Small balls of fire burst alive inside her hands. She hefted them, testing their weight, and wound up like a pitcher on the mound. The fireballs sped from her hands, burning the air around them. They impacted Aronog, leaving charred craters. Aronog roared from inside his stone prison. The deafening peal shook the cavern hard enough to almost toss everyone from their feet. Rhaegar regained his balance and sped forward, Dante right at his heels. You go left, I'll take right, he shouted to be heard over the falling debris. Dante nodded and peeled away. He jumped the remaining distance, stabbing his daggers into the calf of the beast. He pulled a dagger out and stabbed it in again above him and began to climb the creature's leg. Rhaegar took a more direct approach and began hacking at the back of the heel like he was trying to fell a massive tree. Fireballs slammed into the face and chest of Aranog as Tiana readied another assault. Huge pieces of stone sloughed off of him, exposing his thick, rough hide. We need to kill it before it completely breaks free! She shouted to Dante and gestured to the exposed hide. He nodded and redoubled his climbing efforts. His dagger has left a trail of holes up Aranog's side. He found precarious footing on a slab of stone, jutting out from where a piece had fallen away. He gripped his daggers and got to work. They slashed back and forth, leaving small rents in the tough flesh. He was not sure if he was actually hurting it, but he would not stop. Rhaegar had taken a massive chunk out of Aranog's heel and began hacking away at flesh. Each hit jarred his arms, sending vibrations all the way to his feet. Aranog roared again. The stone sheath covering his head shattered apart, sending pieces of stone shooting across the cavern. A stone the size of a cart sailed inches over Tiana's head. Oh no, she whispered as Aranog's blood-red eyes focused on her. He's free!" she screamed. He slapped a hand against his chest, trying to smash Dante against his body like an annoying insect. Tiana saw Dante leap onto the hand and ride it away from the body. She conjured a massive fire around the foot that Rhaegar was not hacking away at. Impudent children, you think you can stop me? He swung a massive hand into Rhaegar, sending him flying into the wall, hard enough to leave a small crater. Rhaegar! Tiana screamed and rushed to his side. I have consumed entire species, I have ended worlds on a whim, just like I will end yours. He struggled to lift his feet free from the cavern floor. Dante ran up the arm toward Aranog's shoulder, gigantic red eyes focused on him. Tiny mortal. He reached out to pluck Dante from himself, but was half a second too slow. Legs pumping, he sprinted as hard as he could and jumped, daggers held high above his head as he sailed through the air. Plunging the blades deep into the red eye, Aranog screamed in pain and clutched at his eye. This time his fingers found Dante. I've got you! He roared and spiked Dante into the floor. He hit with a wet smack and lay there unmoving. Rhaegar was still breathing, but weakly. Tiana stepped away from his side, fists clenched tightly. She focused her anger and poured all of it into her next spell. A small orb of white fire formed between her hands. It grew in size and intensity, like a small star being born. She threw her hands forward, sending the blinding white orb flying into Aranog's chest. The explosion rocked the cavern harder than she had expected. The ceiling groaned, cracks spread. Aranog pitched backward, slamming into the wall. His chest was a smoldering wreck of charred flesh. The air in the cavern was thick with the smell of burnt hair and cooked meat. Rhaegar stumbled upright, leaning heavily on his sword. Dante raised a hand weakly, grasping at the air. You bastard! Rhaegar roared and ran forward blade dragging on the cavern floor behind him. Aranog pushed off the wall, his left foot broke free of the stone holding him down. He raised his foot above Dante and flashed his canines. Dante watched the foot come rushing down. He closed his eyes. Death comes for everyone eventually. Aranog bellowed in pain, causing Dante to open an eye. The foot had stopped. It hovered above him and poised to crush him to death. Rhaegar stood over him, legs spread wide, sword thrust upward. The blade sunk all the way to the hilt inside Aranog's foot. ''Get up!'' Rhaegar said between clenched teeth, ''I can't hold him for much longer!'' Dante found the strength to drag himself out from under the colossal foot. He rolled over onto his back, panting. All of his strength had fled him. Tiana stared in horror as Rhaegar's legs sank lower into the broken stone floor from the immense weight. His arms trembled, veins threatening to burst from strain. ''You cannot kill an immortal!'' Aranog bellowed, straining to crush Rhaegar. No. They cannot, a woman's voice like chimes in the wind answered. But they can seal you away again. Dante turned his head and saw a woman clothed in light floating over, heading toward Aranog. No! Aranog screamed in protest as the woman placed a glowing hand on Rhaegar. Light exploded out of him. He pushed back against the foot, slowly lifting it higher. The woman floated above Dante and smiled down at him. Rise, brave man. It is not your time yet. She placed her hand against his chest. Warmth coursed through his body. He felt bones mend and wounds heal instantly. Help your friend, she whispered and floated away. He jumped from the ground and ran to Rhaegar's side. They shared a knowing look and pushed against the foot together. Tears ran down Tiana's cheeks as she summoned a barrage of fireballs. The impacts of fire and the men pushing forced Arinog off balance. The back of his head crashed into the wall. It is your turn, the woman said beside Tiana. You must seal us all in here, forever. She gestured to the fractured ceiling. It's the only way? Tiana asked. Yes. Tiana hesitated for a moment, then summoned a final fireball and threw it into the ceiling. Thousands of feet of stone and rock rained down into the chamber, sealing it forever. Tiana, Rhaegar, and Dante floated in a warm white void. Your sacrifice has saved the lives of millions. The woman's voice chimed from the void. But... Your sacrifice will not be in vain. Your bodies may be in this crystal, waiting in the event that Aranog ever rises again. But a hero's soul can never be contained. Soon, you will open your eyes and see the world again. A world you preserved. Now, sleep." We saved the world! Matt shouted. Did you see me save Dante? He asked as he mimed himself, holding up the gigantic foot. Angela stood from her chair, her cheeks glistening with tears she had wiped away. She grabbed Matt and kissed him squarely on the lips. What was that for? He asked breathlessly when she released him. It's been three years. you didn't do it by now, you never would have, she said with a smile. Andrew watched from afar, remaining silent. He enjoyed seeing his friends finally come to the conclusion he had years ago, when they had first started gaming together. Oh my god! It's three in the morning! I have work in three hours! Matt said in a panic and started to clean. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. You two get out of here. Andrew said happily. Are you sure? Matt asked over his shoulder as Angela pushed him out the door. She turned and gave Andrew a sly wink, and they walked into the night. Death had shed his Dante costume and sat in his chair silently. He watched Andrew from the depths of his shadowy hood for a long time. You never told them about the cancer, he said quietly. His voice is still rough, but softer around the edges. No. Why not? Death inquired. I didn't want it to ruin their game. This whole thing had nothing to do with yourself?" Death asked, gesturing to the dice and character sheets spread out across the table. I just… Uh, I just wanted to give them the ending they deserve. Something they could remember me by. Death dipped his head low in understanding and said, It is better this way. He extended a skeletal hand and cupped Andrew's face. Goosebumps erupted over Andrew's entire body as a chill ran down his spine. His eyes grew heavy and slid shut, shuddering the world in darkness. The afternoon sunlight poured in through the window blinds. Motes of dust danced in the beams of sunlight. Andrew groaned and sat up from his sweat-soaked sheets. He expected to be greeted by the splitting migraine that he had gotten accustomed to over the past few months, but there was nothing. No blinding pain when he turned his head. No splitting headache when he looked at the sunlight. He took a deep breath, filling his lungs to capacity. For the first time since his diagnosis, he felt good More than good. Great. He ambled out of his bedroom into the kitchen. His eyes went wide as he looked around. The empty beer cans and trash had been thrown away. The entire place had been scrubbed clean. Thank you, he said out loud to the empty kitchen. The kitchen table had been cleaned as well. The terrain pieces and figurines were neatly stacked in the cardboard box with his dungeon master shield and notes sitting on top. The table was clear except for three blank freshly printed character sheets, each one carefully placed in front of a chair that had been occupied by his friends the night before. Thanks for listening to All Things D&D's Story Dungeon. We'd love to have you subscribe and review us on iTunes and Spotify. Catch our new episode exactly after two days. Until next time! Ha ha ha!